0: In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew.
1: Hey there, welcome into In the Lab. It's Drew Doherty and it's John Harris waving there. It's good to be with you, John. You and I are of an age where we grew up in the 80s. It was the first full decade of my life. It's the first full decade of your life because... You were born into the '70s, as was I, but you weren't tried. there in 1970, or you know. So the first full decade of my life was the '80s, and few And we're going to talk a little bit of football later, I promise. We're going to talk about second week of OTAs and Davis Mills, but starting off with Top Gun, because in 1986 it was the summer after second grade. I was going into third grade. <laughs> Rockets had just played in the finals, and it was like, hey, we're going to be here every year because Akeem and Ralph and you know the other guys. Oh. But the Twin Towers, they're going to be awesome for years to come. The Astros would go on and play for the right to go to the Ooh. World Series, and they played in one of the greatest playoff series of all time. Didn't make it. And Top Gun came out that summer, along with Cobra. But Top Gun was a movie <laughs> that everyone remembered, and I loved it. I saw it because I, when I was a little guy that, that summer, I tripped and fell at the park and cut my eye right here. So I had to go get Stitches. I like seven or eight stitches, and I couldn't go swimming. I couldn't go outside as much because you kind of had to be careful. So, like, the first Saturday after I got stitches, my dad took me to see Top Gun at the Town and Country. I think it was like yeah. the Lowe's 3 or something, which it's not there anymore. Right. But. There's a lot of things
0: over area. in that Town and Country area that aren't there anymore. A lot of
1: things that aren't A lot there. of things. They just, they just got rid of that hotel that was like yeah. 20 stories high.
0: Yeah. I just saw it the other day, and I was like, Wait a second. You know, I mean you drive by something, you see it so often. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, something's weird. And you go, Oh, that's dirt where there used to be a building. So yeah. things, there. this just in things change rapidly in Houston.
1: Think about it. That was 36 years ago. Top Gun came out. I mean, I I love that movie so much. I got a flat top for my next haircut. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was so awesome. I'd watch it every once in a while over the you know, the last three decades. Loved it now, it's corny. I, I know at times, but I still just love the mute movie, love the music. It's sort of timeless. So, when I yeah. heard four or five years ago that there was going to be a sequel, I was like, Awesome, it'll suck, but awesome. Yeah. I'll see it, it'll be a great stroll down memory lane. Well, the buildup kept coming, the buildup kept coming, and the pandemic pushed it back. And then some other stuff pushed it back another year, and it was like, Okay, it's coming out summer. Oh no, it's going to come out. Christmas oh no it's gonna about and then it finally like it looked like this was gonna be the date and I was so pumped and I saw the trailers love the trailers I heard whispers about other things involved and we're not gonna give anything away but you and I have seen this but I finally got a chance to see it last night I took my two boys maybe that's bad parenting maybe they're a little too young to see it but they (laughs) both liked it yeah and I went with a couple buddies who they also grew up in the 80s and they also loved the the original and they were blown away like I was and i think it's one of the greatest blockbusters if not the greatest blockbuster movie of all time like i love it that much
0: it was it was interesting because i i also took my son now my son is a bit older than yours he's he's 22 yep but we we watched top gun oh gosh it was it was just a couple of years ago we were we were obviously during a pandemic and you couldn't do a whole lot and we were trying to fill the time and so my daughter had pulled on the list of AFI's top 100 movies of all time. Now, I can't remember if Top Gun was on it, but it got us thinking about movies. Yeah. And so we're trying to figure out all these movies, and we're hitting on some 80s classics. My wife and I just kind of bounced them, and I said Top Gun at some point. My daughter looked at me. I was like, wait, you haven't seen Top Gun? We haven't seen Top Gun? We'll watch Top Gun. So we watched Top Gun, and it's it's fantastic. And I look, I don't know if it, if it holds up uh, at all, but I was curious how they would tie in some of the iconic aspects of Top Gun into Top Gun Maverick. And and they did. The thing for me, there's a scene of two of the key actors, and I had kind of a hard time getting through it because it was like you just said it, it's 36 years ago. Yeah. Now I was a little bit older than you. I was uh I was on into high school. I was a freshman in high school. And so I saw it and it's like, man, I got the whole world ahead of me. And then you look up and it's like, man, Tom Cruise has gotten old. And I'm like, dang, I've gotten old. I mean, I just hit 50 at the end of March. And I'm like, whoa. So it was, there was that kind of aspect to it. Um, there's there's kind of a father-son aspect to it, which is yeah, unique in a, in a way, but it's excellent. It had like three or four different twists at the end. Like, Oh, all right, cool. All right. We can all relax. And it's like, Oh dang. <laughs> and then there's like another twist. So it's, it's, it's like the original in some sense in that it's got obviously drama. It's got some great action scenes. It's funny. Um And it's poignant at times, especially yeah. for old heads that watched it way back when and now seeing it again. So the other aspect of it too, Drew was, I saw it in the movie theater and
1: first movie it, I'd seen since the pandemic. Right. In a theater. I, I, in a theater.
0: I asked Drew, I had uh, my son Jack, if I was like, man, when's the last time we've been to a movie? Now, we, that was a dumb question because we had just not, not even a, two weeks ago had seen Facing Nolan.
1: the oh, documentary yeah, yeah.
0: About Nolan Ryan. So we had gone to a movie theater, but it was a little different. It a premiere, so it was select group, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you were a so, fancy
1: pants. We probably ought to talk about that after this, but you got to go. Yeah, yeah anyways. I did. Yeah. So
0: that was the first time we had actually been uh, in a group of people watching a movie. But this mm-hmm. was kind of the first true go-to-movie theater, you know, pay for the popcorn and food. Of course, we go to, we go to a certain cinema where we eat. Um, right. We're not just going to do the popcorn thing. So we got, our, we got our seats. It was not packed at all. We had room around us. And just sat back and enjoyed the heck out of it. And my, my son loved it. And this is not a, this is not a, hey, you need to go see it. But if you saw Top Gun, then you should see Top Gun Maverick. If you saw Top Gun, then take your kids, if you have them, to go see it. But definitely go see Top Gun Maverick because they definitely, I feel like all that time, of when are they going to do it? When are they going to do it? How are they going to do it? They, they addressed, okay, well, how are they going to do this? They addressed all of that, I thought they nailed relatively it. brilliantly, so it's a it's a tremendous it's
1: tremendous the music like it's yeah, it's not the same, but the way oh I mean the way they melded things it was it was so good so what I mean, did you what
0: did your boys think after watching it?
1: They liked it i you know they're still young man one's going into third grade, and he taught he said he wants to join the Navy this morning, which <laughs> which one of the dads that we went with last night in the text chain afterwards said, yeah. I'm going to join the Navy now. And he's in his thirties. So, you know, he, that's how, that's what we thought of it. But uh, it was funny hearing that. Cause like there was a time there for about two years where all my doodles were airplanes and stuff. And I did yeah, a, yeah. I did a project. Uh, we had to do like a big research project in fourth grade and I did it on the F-14, you know? So I knew all about the, and still do, about the F-14 and all that. So it was fun to hear that. My little guy, you know, he was kind of laying down at, at various points and he was asking it like, you know, is it is it past my bedtime? You know, he's <laughs> so still kind of kind of adjusting yeah. to things, but he liked it. And he liked being yeah. with his friends and being with me. So it was cool. But yeah, it was just such a such a memorable, memorable movie and a yeah. memorable night. And it was it was a lot of fun and had a good time. Um and it got me thinking, like, who is the maverick of the NFL? You know, Ooh. somebody that kind of plays outside the bounds, but is the best at what he does. It's, it's hard to like, Hmm. you know, like the Matt job. No. Well, I was thinking Brett Favre, maybe, but not.
0: that's a good one. No, that's, that's an excellent one. You know, that's really, really good. I think that's, I think that's dead on. Um, He made his dad, his dad mistakes,
1: you know, like,
0: yeah, his dad was a coach. So he kind of grew up around it like Maverick did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Brett Favre's a really good one. That's an excellent, excellent And I'm, open to,
1: I'm open to suggestions for those of you listening and watching. If you think there's somebody yeah. better.
0: I think Brett Favre is really, really good. That's a you know, great one. Um, yeah, I think that's an excellent one, to be honest with you. Yeah. Brett Favre would definitely buzz the tower. There's no doubt. <laughs> he probably did. There was probably a tower at practice one day back in the 90s that Brett Favre Probably sent a heater up up near uh, Mike Holmgren at some point. Uh, I think Brett Favre is a great one, actually. It's a great one. And is it
1: necessarily a quarterback? Is it another position, you know? It's somebody Mm. that's just, like, the best at what they do. Now they're older than, you know, their competition, but they're still better.
0: Kind of marched to the beat of his own drum.
1: yeah authority bristles at
0: their sight yeah you know? it uh boy it's it's hard to not think of um Brett Favre is so good I mean yeah. it's so he, that's a that's a perfect one it's hard to think of an, anyone that's that's even even
1: close at that point
0: um yeah I'd probably, i probably I think that would probably be that would probably be the one yeah
1: he's so not see, I spun it back to football by but, yeah. but I had to talk about Top Gun and I'm That's glad you'd good. seen it because, golly, I mean, I'm gonna go back. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see it again in the th- and I don't I don't ever do that. I, I I think I, I'm not sure what movies I've seen in the theater more than once in my life. I'm sure I've done it, but I just don't Ooh. remember.
0: I probably have seen a few because back <laughs> back when. When Top Gun was coming out, I mean, you had to sit there and wait for a movie to come out on video if you really liked it. I'm pretty sure I saw Bull Durham two or three
1: times in the theater. Oh, that's a good one. We could all watch that last you. week. That's a good one.
0: I can I can promise you. Well, I know I know it was multiple times. I don't know how many times, but I definitely saw that thing
1: <laughs> way more than just once in the theater. You saw it in the theater, Bull Durham, huh? Multiple times. Oh yeah. Wow. Absolutely multiple. I don't times. even remember because it was that was I couldn't have seen that. I was a little. I was like 11, so they wouldn't have let me in. Yeah. My son, the little guy, he played on the Durham Bulls. That was his yeah. baseball team this year. That's hilarious. Yeah.
0: That's hilarious. The That's Durham a great Bulls. movie, too. Great movie. It's weird going – I went to Durham Bulls game probably 15, 17 years ago, maybe 20 years ago now. Gosh, it's been a while. And all the publicity that Bull Durham brought to the Durham Bulls, they just raked in cash over the years. Yeah. And they tore down that, that, that stadium, which to me was awesome. It was right on a, sh- it's on a street corner. It was so, it was so cool in the movie. Just this. Was it
1: next to a factory of some sort? Yes. Or a warehouse it's, or something? It,
0: it's absolutely right next to a factory. Hmm. There's a factory on the, on the, the right field side. And then there's a, there's actually a factory on the, the uh, third base side. You can't, I don't think you see it in the movie, but um there's, so there's a factory down the third base line and a factory down the, the far right, uh, right field line or right field. So, but it's the stadium. They took all that money and built this brand new, at the time it was brand new, like 20 years ago. It's gorgeous. I mean, it's as nice a minor league ballpark as, as you can go to. Huh. Well, that was 20 years ago. I haven't been back since, but it was just cool. I'm like, I'm watching the Durham Bulls minor league baseball game. I just wish <laughs> I could have sat in those kind of rickety stands and, I love old stadiums. That would have been really cool to me. But that new stadium, was, it was it was sweet. But it's right on the street corner. And, you know, you can kind of, as you walk kind of down the sidewalk to the stadium, kind of the same one that Susan Sarandon did at the very beginning of it, huh. you kind of envision the old stadium. But then you see this, you know, beautiful brick, you know, kind of pseudo Camden Yards looking thing. And you're like, that's nice.
1: You know, you just brought something up. And I'm glad you did. Old stadiums. NFL doesn't really have any, and to that end, I'm really happy that I got to go to games, luckily plural, at the Los Angeles Coliseum, at the Coliseum up in Oakland where the Raiders played, quote-unquote so-called dumps, candlestick. I got to go to some games there. Uh, I loved going to those old stadiums. I I thought that was a lot of fun because for the most part, just about every stadium in the NFL now – Lambo aside, they're yeah. all basically the same stadium for, right. you know, like there's some bells and whistles that are different, but they're all essentially the same stadium and they're all very nice, but it was fun seeing like the character of the Oakland Coliseum where, you yeah. know, the, the post-game press conference for the road team, they did that in the Oakland A's, not the Raiders, the Oakland A's right. weight room. Yeah. So you just imagine Jose Canseco, you know, uh, on bench, you know, pumping out, who knows what? As yeah. Arian Foster is answering questions about, you know, a hundred yard gate. It was just kind of fun seeing little stuff like that. And you had to kind of weave your way and you step on a home plate where like the 50 yard line was or wherever yeah. it was. And I always loved going to old stadiums.
0: I, I was the same. Whenever we went to Oklahoma Media Col- that's how I referred to it. Yeah. That's how I remember yeah. it as a kid. Oklahoma Media Coliseum. I don't even know what it what it was at the end. O dot go or something like that. Uh-huh. But I loved, loved going there. And just because of the history of the game, there's so many great games in the '70s, in particular, that yes. took place in that building.
1: A's, and the A's games too, and like Raiders, I mean,
0: right. Think of all the so, amazing
1: A's teams have been there. And,
0: I, and weirdly, I was kind of an A's fan. I loved their yeah. colors, I love their jerseys, and just reading about the history of the game, I love the '70s A's, and uh, I just they kind of this was enamored with them. And my, one of my favorite, I, it's funny you just brought this up. One of my favorite Texan stories comes from that particular game because back in the <clears throat> back in the day we when I when I first that was 2014. So mm-hmm. we would typically like plug in a, a mic somewhere in the locker room that would feed back up to Mark and Andre. And I would just do the video the, do it live. Well in Oakland it was he couldn't do it. And the locker room is kind of half the size that some of them are now. So right. everybody's kind of piled in on top of each other. And I gotta do this interview. And I thought, well, what about, about? I'll just do it on my phone. And so I had talked to our PR group, and I said, "Hey, uh, can I talk to Chris Myers?" It was the second. It was the second week, and I always liked Myers. I thought he'd be a good
1: great quote, interview. Yeah,
0: great interview. It'd be fun. Arian had a really nice ball game, and Myers was instrumental. And so I was like, "Let's let's talk to Myers." And so the way the locker room was set up was by number, so they kind of go all the way around. well, well fifty five was all the way in the back. I'm like, man, I can't get through all this to get to the get back there, but I'll, I'll try and get there. So as I'm trying to walk back there, he starts walking to me. And we literally start doing the interview like in the middle of the locker room. And so we're just, you know, he's still kind of in uniform and guys are, you know, going to showers and all this. And then all of a sudden, a certain linebacker that we know decided to walk by as I'm doing the interview. It's like, Chris Myers, man with the And then he says something very foul and obscene, like right in the middle of the interview. And I'm like, and Myers stops, looks at me and goes, Johnny, let's start over. (laughs) I was like, yeah, let's start over. Now I've changed phones and I've changed apps. I wish I would I wish I would have kept that one, but it's right in the middle of the interview. I mean, we're right in the middle of the locker room. You can't miss us. Thing is, had I gone back to where he was seated, where Chris was seated, I would have been right next to the culprit anyways, but
1: Oh yeah, because their like numbers were next through. to each other, yeah.
0: Yes, and I'm like, god dang it, man and the best thing about it was, is he, as of course everybody knows it's Brian Cushing is Cushing goes by, it's not like he looks back with a sly smile or anything he just walks by, it was just like you know, yep. kind of just a, a verbal drive-by and just left both of us dead, like alright
1: it's, it's funny so you bring that up solver. because I've got two corollaries off of that. Uh, young Jay McDevitt, he's basically going to rule the world at some point. He keeps gobbling up responsibility yeah. and new jobs. But he was once an intern. And his very first day on the job was in the spring of 2013. There was all sorts of enthusiasm and optimism. And we were in the locker room, just, just Jay and I, with the players after an OTA. Yeah. We went in and we were getting some sound, and Danielle Manning was there. So, talking with Danielle, getting a great, you know, yeah. great interview from Danielle. He's having lots of very, you know, insightful things to say. And Cushing came up behind us and started saying some things along the lines of what you're talking about. Yeah. We couldn't, we couldn't use that part of it. So, no. that was funny. And then with Chris Myers, before a playoff game one time in 12, I believe it was, 12 or 11. One of those two playoff games, I'm interviewing him in the training room and we're standing up. It's the pregame show interview. So, it was yeah. I did it on a Friday, I think, that time. Right. And giving me great stuff. It's really good. I see Connor Barwin coming up behind him. And Connor Barwin basically pulled Myers' shorts down. And he had on underwear, so it was fine. But yeah, yeah. just he pantsed Chris Myers. Yeah. Myers didn't miss a beat, just kept talking, smiled a little bit. And <laughs> when he finished his answer, and Connor's, like, standing there with his like he's doing his cameo smile, basically like he did in on the nose. Yeah, yeah. And he finishes his answer, his answer, and I, I basically complimented Myers. and said that was a brilliant answer with all the insight you gave me. But you also did it while getting pantsed by Connor Barwin, and then he had some funny retort. But yeah, Myers, ultimate pro, ultimate pro. He, uh, he was good stuff. Well, listen, yeah, um, very good. we, got, we don't have much to say about the current Texans because they're, you know, they're they're practicing. We do have a lot to say, but this week in this podcast, we don't have too too much to say, but. They've started week two of OTAs. Heard some good things from Davis Mills. Your interview you did with him last week with Vandermeer, as well as yep. some things from Lovey Smith and some of and Brandon Cooks and some of those other guys. But optimism's high, and he has been in the building according to Lovey Smith every day. And I know in talking with Davis uh, at some stuff this offseason, right after Pep Hamilton was was announced as the offensive coordinator he and Pep were up in the offices working on installing the offense and doing that. And that's got me pretty excited. You know, as much as any draft pick as much as any free agent is what does this new offense with Pep Hamilton look like with Davis mills, getting a full off season to train and not train for the combine and then pro days and then get set for the draft. But as a, as a pro football player, knowing where he is and having that bit of stability, because you know, you never, never want to say anyone's locked in, but, I'm excited most about that, the continuity and just the change in offense. It's going to look differently.
0: You're right. It's going to look differently. And one of the things it's funny, I was uh, on Memorial day, I actually did in the loop with Brandon Scott and had a blast. Both of us on Southwest side of Houston. It was, we, we had a really fun time and, because we were doing in the loop, and one of the things that John and Landry always talk about is, nobody's talking about guy. And <laughs> I said, you know, one of the things that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about is the fact that, you know, Davis is Davis a leader. You know, it takes a little while, especially as a you know rookie. And then as a rookie when you're not having a ton of success early on, and it, it takes a little while. Well, he started having some success later. The defense started playing better. The running game started picking up a little bit. That helped him. They won a few games down the stretch. And you saw the guy start to have some respect for him. I think one of the ways that he garners respect now is he's heard this verbiage. Yeah. It's not a hundred percent analogous to what he was doing at Stanford, but a lot of it is the same. A lot of the things are the same. And so he's in part teaching and helping to teach the offense to all the
1: veterans. And, and, which, and there's the no better way well. to learn something than to teach it no doubt
0: uh and i I learned that many many years ago as a teacher thinking i got this and then i would try and teach it i was like i ain't got this (laughs) so it's it's a really good instrument for a young quarterback to take this is what i know and teach that to your guys and of course he's got that so if guys aren't lined up right And they're not sure. They look to him like, Davis, where do I go? Hey, it's this formation. You need to be over here. He's at X. Come on over here. He's at Y. Come on over here. We need to be here. And he just seemed so much in control because he's familiar with the verbiage in this offense. He learned, obviously, the offense last year and got to where he could run it relatively well. But now he's at a point where this is an offense he's familiar with. And now it's just stacking on his previous knowledge. So, yeah, even though at Stanford he didn't play a whole heck of a lot, he at least was indoctrinated to this offense that they will use. Again, it's not running the exact Stanford offense, as Hamilton's offense, but there are enough similarities that he can then help teach, and that is going to earn everybody's respect. You know, hey, why did we change protection here? You know, what's wait, what's that word? What's that do to our protection? So they're going to be looking to him, for even more information, at least through that one OTA practice that we had a chance to see. He seemed like he was in full control of what he needed to be in the huddle, at the line of scrimmage, uh, in the routes he was reading, all those kind of things. So he, to me, looked – I don't want to say night and day, but to your point about staying here, being here, and, you know, there are a lot of guys that don't do that. Some guys don't even show up for OTAs. But I think early in your career in particular, it really helps to be at the facility – to be around the guys, and I, I've said this a few times, just being down in, in the in the dungeon in the ditch where we are, I've seen more guys this off season in this building than I have ever seen. Yep. maybe combined. I mean, it, it it's phenomenal. There've been days I've seen you know upwards of twenty to twenty five guys in the in the uh, training room, in the uh, weight room, getting a workout in, and it's been phenomenal. You're going to lunch, and you're like, man. You know, one of the things about lunch is, like, with the guys in the offseason, like, and you can get to the front of the line. I'm, like, not waiting for five, six guys to go through there before I, <laughs> you know, get to my grub. So and that's a
1: good wait. You don't mind that weight.
0: I don't mind it at all because of that. And I think there's a lot of things that having guys together does that maybe you didn't think about. Yeah, they're going to work out and physically they're getting better. But just the camaraderie and chemistry of great football teams is always good. We go back to, we were talking about the Oakland A's earlier. The Oakland A's are one of the few teams over the years that always kind of had fights and didn't always see eye to eye that were successful. Most every great team has a pretty good chemistry and camaraderie. i said say you've got to have it to be successful. But it's really, really helpful, especially a team at, at the kind of stage where the Texans are right now, to start having that, amongst the veterans, amongst the rookies with the veterans, et cetera. So I was glad to see all those guys here. And it made it for, uh, you know, I don't want to say exciting, but it was cool to walk down the hallway and be like, hey, there's John Gennard, there's this guy, you know, there's Davis. You're know, seeing those guys throughout the off season It's kind of cool.
1: All right, so to recap, Top Gun, amazing. Yes. Old stadiums, really, really cool. Totally. And Davis Mills, because he's having to teach, it's, uh, it's going to be a bonus. This has been a fun like one, it. man. I enjoyed It was good.
0: Yeah, man. Very fun.
1: All right. In the lab. We'll be back next Tuesday. Until then, take care.